This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Welcome to episode two of the EPFR Exchange Podcast. This week, Cameron Brandt will be looking back at 2019 and ahead to 2020. What asset classes saw record-setting flows? How did trade issues manifest themselves throughout the year? And what risks and opportunities lie ahead for investors? With that, let's get started. Cam, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. So let's take a moment to look back at 2019. What are the two biggest trends or events that you see that emerged in the year? Um, the biggest one by far was despite uh, strong equity market gains, especially in the developed markets, uh, we saw record-setting inflows into both money market and bond funds. Uh, in the case of money market funds, uh, it eclipsed the mark that was set back at the height of the great financial crisis. So on the face of it, uh, perhaps a slightly worrying signal. Uh, the bond fund flows were less unexpected in that we've definitely been seeing demographic forces at work on overall fund flows uh, during the past several years. But the intensity with which people committed money to bond funds when uh, there were such strong gains to be had from the equity markets uh, was definitely a bit surprising. So with money market funds, bond funds, what does that tend to indicate to you? Um, It tends to indicate uh, a lack of conviction about the overall uh, economic backdrop. Um, Money market funds are obviously liquidity play. Uh, It's where you go if you really um, aren't sure um, what's going on overall, but don't want to tie your money up in the extremely low yields that bank products, even with their FDIC guarantees, offer you. How about a second trend in 2019 that, that you, uh, you would focus on? A second trend? Um, trade was obviously a major backdrop to the overall story for 2019. Uh, and there were a couple of trends that emerged from that that I'm certainly keeping my eye on. Uh, One of the most basic is uh, what is the investment landscape for emerging Asia going to look like when the dust settles? Uh, We definitely saw in the flows an effort among uh, mutual fund investors to work out who the new winners and losers are, uh, especially in terms of where the supply chains will now go. Um, In the final quarter of the year, we saw pretty robust flows into Thailand equity funds, Uh, which makes sense given that Thailand was already an important part of the Japanese supply train. So it has a lot of the policy and and real infrastructure needed to take on that function. Uh, Vietnam has also received a fair amount of publicity for its ability to uh, take on that low-cost manufacturing Uh, and supply chain work that uh, China has done so much of over the past two decades. Um, And certainly Vietnam equity funds have enjoyed consistent inflows 
We've also seen Vietnam uh, cement its spot as the single largest country allocation among the frontier equity markets, funds that we track. So I know something you talk a lot about is uh, the difference between retail and institutional flows within uh, the data that you look at. So is there a fundamental reason for the retail exodus that we saw from equity funds in 2019? Yes, I think there is, um, and it's fairly simple. Uh, the retail flows into the mutual fund industry have been a function of the broad shift, especially in the U.S., uh, away from defined benefit corporate plans to plans that rely on individuals doing their own investment. Um, and the you know, great boom in uh, U.S. mutual fund uh, products came uh, at the same time that the baby boom generation were taking increased responsibility for uh, building up a retirement nest egg. Uh, that generation is, as you know, now retiring uh, in ever-increasing numbers um, and quite logically given uh, – <laughs> The bumps they experienced with the dot bursting of the dot-com bubble and then again with the great financial crisis, um, they are not anxious to leave their capital exposed to the much more volatile historical shifts that we've seen, uh, especially in the U.S. equity market. So we're in 2020, first few weeks, looking forward to the rest of the year. Uh, what do you think will be some of the biggest risks for investors this year? Well, it looks like they're going to repeat <laughs> one of the biggest risks uh, from 2019, uh, which is they, they, the first week of the year was notable in setting a new weekly inflow record for bond funds. Uh, so, I, and I have to confess slightly to my surprise, uh, investors did not come back from the Christmas holidays with any major change to their sense uh, of the overall market and the strategies that they need uh, to pursue to you know navigate it as best they can. So I think that you know the early indications are that uh, what may well be another solid year of equity market gains uh, tied to the fact that um, you know, monetary policy in the US and the eurozone is clearly going to be very accommodative. Uh, and the Fed has made it very clear that uh, they view the recovery and the uh, attendant stock market valuations as a priority. Um, but uh, if you pile into bond funds, it's going to be another year of missing the potential gains from that. I think there are some fundamental economic risks, um, even with the massive central bank support uh, for a, a recovery to uh, be in its second decade is definitely unusual. Uh, for about the past four years, in early January, we've tended to have an almost Groundhog Day-like uh, pattern where investors reach that conclusion, uh, assume that this is the year uh, that the uh, post-Great Financial Crisis recovery does, in fact, uh, come to an end and, and all rush out of the riskier asset groups accordingly. Um, this year, <laughs> they, they just didn't change their mind, it appears, based on, what, admittedly, one week of flows. 
Um, but recent uh, U.S. macroeconomic data has certainly been, you know, slightly creaky. Uh, the uh, latest job growth numbers definitely overwhelmed, uh, and a number of leading indicators, especially those tied to the manufacturing sector, uh, have been less than stellar over the past couple of months. So that's interesting, the, the seasonality there uh, that you tend to look for. Are there other... Uh, seasonality uh, trends that you tend to be watching for in the first few months of the year? The main one is obviously, you know, what lessons does the mutual fund investing universe feel that they've learned from the previous years? Uh, And you certainly look in the first quarter for some change in thinking uh, and usually do get it. and while overall, as, uh, as I said earlier, the, the, the numbers from the first week of 2020 were surprising in their conformity to what we saw through most of 2019, there were a couple of places where investors had definitely revisited uh, their earlier thinking. We saw bank loan funds, which have been absolutely hammered uh, for the better part of 13 months, uh, finally break an extremely lengthy outflow streak. And there were a couple of country fund groups that had also been out of favor that uh, saw a bit of fresh money. Uh, Sweden bond funds have have struggled uh, over the past three months. Uh, Investors have not been enthusiastic about their central bank's decision to end the negative interest rate experiment. Uh, But these are somewhat at the margin. uh, And overall, the initial story seems to be conformity rather than change. Uh, how about reform stories? So I know that's a everyone likes a, a, a good positive story. Do you think there's any turnaround stories or reform stories that investors will be capitalizing on in 2020? They're a little thin on the ground right now. And unfortunately, especially in the developed world, the dynamic uh, seems to be in the opposite direction. In the in the Americas, Brazil is the only real reform story. Uh, I think that uh, the market and the funds dedicated to it are going to do pretty well this year, uh, partly because of the reform story and partly because uh, comparatively it looks so good compared to most of its peers in Latin America. Um, Saudi Arabia still has the potential to be a reform story, um, but uh, the the Aramco IPO and some of the inevitable hiccups you get when you try such an ambitious program of social change uh, have impromp- prompted investors to be uh, much more critical of it, uh, and they're likely you know they're likely to remain in, in that frame of mind uh, until they get sort of a tangible step forward on the reform front. Uh, Among developed markets, funnily enough, uh, I think the UK at the moment comes closest to a reform story simply because um, they have voted in probably the most pro-business government uh, option available to them at the general election. Uh, And given what the alternative was and the fact that the economy has been so shackled by the uncertainty surrounding Brexit... Uh, I think the UK has the potential, in a way, to be seen as certainly a moderate reform story. Uh, France was supposed to carry that mantle. Uh, I think investors have been shocked uh, by the sheer level of resistance to Macron's efforts uh, to make it at least a little more business-friendly. 
Um, and uh, we've seen relentless outflows from French equity funds uh, that are somewhat in o- somewhat at odds with the overall consensus that it's the the best of a fairly lackluster bu- bunch uh, of options in continental Europe for 2020. Uh, in both Spain and Germany, um, we're actually seeing a, sort of a shift leftwards uh, in the in the government composition. Uh, Spain just added a communist to its coalition cabinet, uh, uh, which is not sitting uh, well with Spain's business establishment. Uh, And uh, certainly uh, a lot of the speculation I'm seeing about uh, the German political landscape after Angela Merkel does finally uh, exit right is that the uh, Greens, who are increasingly taking a somewhat anti-business line, uh, will play a much more significant role. So uh, reform stories are, are eagerly sought, but they're pretty thin on the ground, at least from where I sit. So final question. Sleeper topic that you think not enough of the market is paying attention to. What's the What's that one issue that could potentially really change the narrative this year that, that maybe people aren't focused on enough? Um, yes, uh, there are a number, but I, the moment I would actually single out uh, India uh, and more at the moment for geopolitical than uh, economic reasons. Uh, but I do think that uh, you know when people think of hot spots in in uh, emerging Asia, they tend to focus on the Korean Peninsula and China's uh, increasingly assertive uh, stance uh, over controversial issues with its neighbors in the U.S. Modi's re-election mandate has not really been devoted to economic reforms. Uh, it's being very much translated into uh, the uh, ad- agenda items that the Hindu majority have been seeking on sort of social and religious uh, and citizenship fronts. Uh, and I think in India is a big and strong growing economy, but its military is somewhat weaker than the raw numbers would expect. Uh, There are a couple of consistent flashpoints there. It has had two wars with India and at least two major border clashes with China uh, since the end of the Second World War. And I think that the combination of nationalism uh, and and, uh, the ability to wield uh, a military whose actual abilities uh, are not, I think, commensurate with their sheer size... Uh, has the potential to cause something that could really rock the markets. Uh, we got an early taste of that with the uh, new policy towards Kashmir, and you know there are outstanding border issues with Pakistan and China that uh, it may tempt this current administration uh, to tinker with in an effort to boost their popularity. Great. Thanks for your time You're today. welcome. Cheers. for listening to the EPFR Exchange podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.com slash podcast.